welcome to the very 11th podcast of the Bits and Pieces podcast. I am Nevada Drew, and as always, I am joined by uh, the lovely George. Hello. And amazing Gav. Hello. This is the most 11th one yet. <laughs> I gave you all uh, uh, adjectives to go before because we were cranking it up to 11, so... That was that was nice, and I didn't I didn't interrupt Gav by trying to say something after saying hello. <laughs> We've done it. It's taken... I remembered this time. <laughs> Smooth, always. So, um, yeah, uh, <laughs> I have had a week off and not really done much. So, how are you guys doing? Um, how yeah. are things? Not bad. Uh, I haven't had a week off. I've got a week off next week, which will be nice. Nice. Uh, but I've still been playing more of The Witcher 3. Dabbled with, with, some, with some skeletons in, in Total War Warhammer 2. They're, they're really good fun and interesting and different. But cool. hard. I keep losing to lots of rats over and over again. Oh, those damn rats. Um, but yeah, I've just been forging ahead with The Witcher 3. It's so good. It's Why so did good. no one tell me? It's like, you know, the internet kept quiet about that one. <laughs> yeah. Whereabouts are you at in it? I am on Skellige. Oh, nice. I yeah, I I wrapped up the stuff in Valen. Uh, yeah. Hopped up to Novigrad, and did a little bit of stuff there. Didn't do a huge amount, and then just things were suggesting I go to Skellige. So I was like, mm. who am I to say no to that? So I'm nice. doing some stuff on Skellige. Fair enough. But yeah. I feel like everything's went wrong in Fallon. Just, I feel like just all went went bad. <laughs> so, things, things just sailed yeah. far, far away. That's fair. Just, just, just escape. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I mean, I'm just having so much fun with the the side stuff. I just love being a monster detective. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Uh, I've um, dipped back into playing Blood and Wine again this week. It's just like. It's just one of those things to go in and do like do a few quests and like you just end up getting drawn in on random side quests about things that like you don't even need to they have nothing to do with anything but they're just so like tantalizing. I get really excited to rock up into new villages and just check the notice board for yeah stuff people want doing. Yeah. Have you been drawn into playing Gwent? No, actually, that was something that I was really expecting to get into, and like I played the the couple of tutorial games right at the start. Yes. But I actually haven't really done any since that. Like, I haven't really spent any mm. effort in getting new Gwent cards. Just yeah. I think in the tutorial games, the game just didn't quite click with me. Yeah, it's like, have you ever played Condottier, board game, card game? Heard rather? of it. Heard of it, yeah. It's basically, they basically ripped that off, is essentially what Gwent is. Except in Gwent, you can buy better cards that... So it, you have in Condottier you have like the numbers one to nine and then like three slightly better ones and then you're just trying to win territory by playing cards but you don't get them back at the end of a thing. Whereas in Gwent you just you just play cards to try and beat one person over and over again. It's like a simplified, like almost CCG version of that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it was at that point with Gwent where I was very much like I'm still struggling to see where the game is and I imagine with like if you start to expand your deck and get more options. There's still not a lot It's it's very much just like, you have your deck of 20 cards, you keep playing cards until you pass. Yeah. Whoever has the highest total on the board wins. Yeah. But basically all my other games were just like, we both just kept playing cards and not passing. 
yeah, it's not the most interesting card game. Especially yeah. if you've actually played, you know, decent card games. <laughs> and more games and stuff, you kind of look at it and go, this is not the most interesting thing. Anyway. Yeah, yeah I was never really into Gwent. No, I, well, said, I, like my, I like helping out trolls and stuff. I always tend to end up siding with the monster in the cases where you go and hunt the monster and it turns out that Mm. people have just been encroaching on their land or being mean and I'm also really bad at taking pay for the monster hunting I do do oh really I always try and charge as much as I can (laughs) well so often it'll be like (laughs) you know there's a there's a quest you take where it's like oh the it's from a guy who's looking after a kid whose parents have been killed by a monster and then you get back and like, I've killed the monster. Um, you have like a little chat with the kid, and then he's like, "Oh, here's here's, here's the money," and it's like, "You can take the money or be like, no, you need the money to raise the child." And it's like, "Damn it, game! Why did you give me that option? <laughs> <laughs> I can't not take that now." Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, it just keeps <laughs> happening. But anytime I'm like, you vaguely look like you're a very rich person. Or I've just listened to you say mean things beforehand. Then I'll make the most of my, the like, is it the charm spell, uh, Axie, the one that oh, improves yeah. conversation stuff. I'll just make the most of that to sort of wean every every gold I can out of them. I, yeah, I don't really, yeah. I don't really feel guilty about it because everyone's a dick to Geralt until he's useful. Like, yeah, that is true. <laughs> everyone's, everyone's a dick all the time. It's just there are just there like, are some cases where it's just like. Oh, like, damn it! I I'll do it for free. Ah, well, that's <laughs> I I would never make it as a Witcher. Yeah, but by the end of the game, to be fair, you do amass like a small fortune. <laughs> Geralt's yeah, there, well, looking around like twenty thousand <laughs> orange in his pockets. Well, it's mostly like you you kill all these bandits and you get the swords. And I think what I initially tried was just selling them like the random. You know, like the general shop owners, and I was like, "Well, that's not netting me anything." Obviously, I have to complete quests. But I actually went to the blacksmith, and I realized that he'd pay me a small fortune for like every sword. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, "Have them, have them, have them." Yeah, yeah I've got but, so many. Yeah, you end up just inventories full of like blunt axes and small blackjacks. Just stop picking them up. <laughs> like, yeah, especially on my death march playthrough, I was just like, "You're not worth carrying in my my pockets. I, I need it for, for other things that are more useful." Hmm. Well, enough of the monsters that I've been hunting. Because I want to hear about the monsters that you guys have been hunting. Because I'm super jealous because you guys have been playing Monster Hunter. Yes, yeah. This should this will probably be a, a Monster Hunter heavy podcast. If so you don't like Monster well. Hunter, I would advise... Skip well, to where George does a quiz later on. That's exactly. Yeah, just skip, skip either ahead. that or just, just, just close yeah, the here, tab. Here be monsters. <laughs> exactly, yes. Yeah, no, me and I've been, pl- been hunting monsters and it's in, in Monster Hunter World and it, it is fantastic. It's so good. It, it's, what are you guys playing on? Uh, PS4. The PS4, yes. Yeah. Yeah, just because I don't own an Xbox. So. Same. It makes sense to do it on the one that's available. Um, yeah. I've been using a Switch Axe primarily, but that ah. was in a bit of range stuff. Yeah, uh, you I don't were... know about you, Gav. I think you were when I when I played with you the last time. I think you were still trying ranged. Yeah, but yeah. I think, yeah. I, I've been. I think I, I was using the charge blade, which is what I used in uh, for you, mm. and I, I switched to the hammer because it's just so much fun. <laughs> should we should we give people a rundown excellent. of Monster Hunter if they've stuck with us this far? 
Right, That's just, just true, to give yeah. him a, all, in, <coughs> a I mean, beginner's guide to Monster Hunter. It, it's rather self-explanatory, really. You, you'll, you'll, you go, you jump through all the weird hoops of learning the game's slightly obscure user interface, yeah. and accept a quest to go and batter a specimen of a monster, usually, and you go and do it. Either kill it, capture it, and then you make things out of it. Clothes, weapons, to batter its bigger friends. Pretty much. And then you repeat that until you die in real life. Yeah, like I remember in the... So I played it on PSP and there is, there's not really any story to it. It's simply just a game to hunt monsters. You just you exist in a village. There's a notice board full of, of quests. You go out, you kill a monster, you chop it up for useful parts, you come back, you make Since, a better uh... sword and go go back again. I think since like the the third generation of games, they've they've put more effort into giving the games like a like a kind of a, a story arc and a kind of long term goal and stuff. Yeah, it's it, kind of like a reason why you're there in the first place. Yeah, just to kind of get you want to go and do the next hunt because in, in this one you kind of you're set on a whole new continent, the the new world as it were. And you try to find out why the Elder Dragons are crossing the ocean to visit this particular place. That's the main premise and drive of what's happening in Monster Hunter World. Yeah, and so you'll hunt a series of monsters in order to attempt to unravel the mystery. Yeah, and okay, I mean, interesting what they've added. They've actually added a proper proper story. Cause, yeah, I mean, the maybe that's version, a, just a proper story. Yeah, I probably story is probably overly generous, but, or um, more than like the yeah. no story that existed on yeah, on PSP, kind of, where it's just yeah. you start out as a guy that can just about hold his own in a fight with a small dog <laughs> uh, until you level up until you're a man with a giant knife and fork set of swords that can <laughs> fight a giant dragon. Yeah, yeah, that should be said about Monster Hunter. Is there's like your character never gets better; you just get better armor. So you're sort of this this same you have the same stats as when you first start, you just get armor from better monsters, basically. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind yeah. of the whole the whole gameplay loop, really. Yeah. But yeah. It's just... there's what fourteen different weapons to try, so mm-hmm. and then basically each of them is a different game in itself, because they're all incredibly different. Yeah. It is really weird because I People will get really like attached to the weapon that they're they're into in Monster Hunter, and I, I'm kind yeah. of the same. But then, like, obviously, I, I went from the charge blade to the hammer, and like, they both have really fun stuff in this game. Like, they've expanded the move sets of all the weapons, mm. like to kind of go with the mostly with the increased control that you get on a like a, a full home console platform as opposed to the portable ones. Mm. And so, I feel like there's just so many more movement options in this game compared to before. It's, it's yeah, really yeah, good. Definitely. Yeah, on on PSP you had to adopt the claw in order to control both your movement and the camera with the same hand. Yes, which, which involved with your thumb on the thumbstick. Then, rather than having your finger under the under the device, like supporting it or on the trigger, you had to bend your finger in front of the device. Or, you know, imagine making a hook with your finger and like sort of pro- like put that on top of the thumbstick on the D pad. Yeah, in, it in order best. to use the camera, insane to be honest. In practice, I find mostly what you do is just tap the 
the left button a lot just to like center the camera which gave you this really weird experience just because of how uncomfortable it was yeah because it like, suddenly whip around to where you were facing because yeah. quite often like in like a 180 degree angle as well and so. on the on the 3ds obviously the well for a while it was kind of similar except yeah. i think camera control was done via the touch screen yeah you could tap it to lock onto the uh to the monster that you were yeah. fighting and i think so that you- if you if you have a like a, an old 3ds, uh, you'd you'd also like like use that as like a, a second stick almost on the screen. Yeah. Until they introduced the the Circle Pad Pro, which you could either have one to slap on, or you could, if you had a new 3ds, could use the nub. Yes, the nub. The nub. Which is the, like the slowest camera turn. <laughs> it is just the weirdest thing. Like I feel yeah. like it. It's the worst as well because if you've cut your nails recently. It feels nigh impossible to use because you just—it's <laughs> just your stupid. Obviously, this was designed for someone like a robot who has ascended beyond the mortal plane. Because I feel like my meaty flesh bag sticks are just unable to control it with any precision. It's yeah, the nub, the nub is one of the weirdest design choices. It's better they, than nothing. They did, yeah, it only is, just at the, same, <laughs> at the same time. Like the, the the Circle Pad Pro was a thing. Why not just? Like go, oh, that's a good idea. We'll just put that on it. It, <laughs> I think it, this, it like, would have like, made it a bit cramped, but it could have been done. That's the peculiar. Even on the small new 3DS. Yeah, yeah. It could have been done, yeah, but absolutely. it wasn't. Yeah, I think that, that was why I was, I was so excited for this new, I guess, generation of What's Hunter, because all my previous experiences had been incredibly tainted by just the awful experience of that game on a, a handheld <laughs> device yeah. which is just I mean, it's just not human friendly i've got a lot of fondness for the handheld ones but at the same time yeah there's a lot of issues with them like i've put a lot of time into monster hunter 4 ultimate just because it's it's really good but at the same time yeah just it, it's weird that it depends because sometimes it was like oh yeah you know they'll introduce all this new stuff like a uh, just open connected maps uh like a monster ecology going on and it's like but the real advantage is i will get to play it on a controller made for human hands yeah like- <laughs> yeah just just like just really nice like just smoothing it out the edges just like oh i can just i can just turn the camera in full 180 degrees it's so nice <laughs> yeah it's crazy because i feel like it's given them so much leave to add a lot yeah. I feel like we're going into very like specific stuff that people yeah, who are into Monster say, Hunter won't get, but like, like, I mean, with- like Monster Hunter is such a it's a hard game that requires a lot of dedication. You have to you have to learn a lot about monsters in order to effectively hunt them because the game is very unforgiving. There's no health bar for the monsters. There's no uh, yeah like checkpoints into make like you either kill a monster in a single run or it knocks you out and you're back at the start. Yeah, and you, you have get... to learn all of the, the like the moves that a monster's going to make, so you can predict where you need to place yourself, and yeah, also each... what the monster looks like when it's damaged. Yeah, each monster is basically just a boss fight. If you think of it like that, it's that's kind of the game. It's just a series of monsters who are boss fights, and it's then uh... sometimes you get monsters who are boss fights, and in this game they are bastards. Yeah, unbelievable bastards. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't want to go in into anything too specific, but like fucking Nergigante, man, like 
uh, even just learning all the all the learning all the monster mulched. names is. Uh... Yeah, uh, Nergante is like the one that's on the cover art. He's the flagship monster, basically. Yeah, because it's all like new a... monsters because it's a landmark. New. Well, it's place. not all it's not new, old. but there's a lot of new. A lot of new, yeah. You know, you've got like your staples like Rathian and Rathalos and stuff. So are there still the Tigrexes? No, no, actually. no Tigrex. No. I mean, I think that's one of the things that a lot of people are speculating will make a return if they introduce like a snow zone, mm. because it's a pretty iconic monster for the series and also a massive bastard. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you could even you could even fight the Tigrex in uh, Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker. <laughs> or obligatory once per episode Metal Gear mention. You have to make a Metal Gear mention. But yeah, I mean, Peace Walker was like Metal Peace, Gear Peace Walker Monster was Hunter. everything that I wanted out of Monster Hunter on the PSP. Yeah. <laughs> because like, it had it had the main story, but it also had just tons of side missions which were just boss fights. And rather than being a man with a sword and shield against a giant monster, you were a man in a tight lycra vest with some hot curry and a silenced pistol <laughs> against a tank. Yeah. Uh, or a helicopter or a Metal Gear. Or if you unlocked the secret hidden levels by finding one of the cat assistants from Monster Hunter in the like in one of the levels, you could that you could have a boss fight against some of the monsters from Monster Hunter. Mm-hmm. And yeah, cool. it's so much easier to kill them when you've got a minigun. <laughs> to be fair, in this one you kind of do have a minigun <laughs> yeah, are... the um the heavy bowgun has uh like a one of the, one of the versions of it basically turns it into a minigun <laughs> for a, like a short spell the because yeah. the ranged weapons in the previous ones had you basically taking a first person perspective and now they're all from a third person so like all the like the bowgun and the, and the heavy bowgun basically turn monster Hunter into a third person shooter more or less and then the actual bow is a bit different, but um, yeah, really the bow good. was was third person on PSP. Because I remember I, yeah. played with, I played with friends who were a lot better and more more dedicated than I was. Yeah, uh, the, and I was always relegated ones. to bow duty. Just yeah. like, sit at the back where it's safe and shoot <laughs> it with a bow. <laughs> yeah, the the rage weapons are, I've never enjoyed them previously. I've always found them really tedious and kind of not really that good. But in this one, they're all they're all really fun. They all have their own unique thing that they do that makes them really interesting yeah i mean so. right so obviously for people who aren't as well versed in monster hunter i think the, the thing is that i feel like it's strange because at once i want to go into like the really technical stuff because that's what monster hunter is really all about mm. but at the same time like i think the things that will sell people on the game and may also lead maybe to some people getting pushed away from it when they discover that like it's it's like a, a really mechanical kind of gamey game is you know like the environments are now like a million times better like you know before they were all segmented and now they're just big contiguous maps mm. with a, a ridiculous amount of detail they look lovely and a, a lot's been made of that and that's that's really true like it's it is lovely like all of them are really nice like the only one I find a wee bit not so good is mostly the the last one you unlock, the uh, Elder's Recess, because it's it's mostly like a series of boss fight arenas, and yeah, doesn't it's not feel quite the same. Yeah. It doesn't feel like the the forest does or the desert does or no, it's not the one where you kind of explore and then even though I've been to the, the I've been to the Coral Highlands probably about thirty times, I went on it earlier today, 
and found a new area that I'd never been to before, <laughs> which is incredible. It is. It took me a long time, like maybe 20 odd hours before I like... I'm pretty sure somehow or other I'd managed to take out both a Rathalos and a Rathian without ever being up to the the nest bit. Oh, really? Yeah. And I discovered yeah. that bit and I was like, oh, nice. Yeah. It's, it's it's really nice. Like Everything's interlinked and there's like shortcuts down to other areas and stuff and... Yeah, because it, each monster has its own like territory as well. You can kind of, you kind of know roughly where it might be, but then also the territories overlap, so you'll end up having monsters having a go at each other. Basically, I I've had some some fun times in the last day with like I've been seeing for one I've been seeing a kind of turf wars I've never seen before, and second just like absolute clusterfucks where, like, three different monsters are all trying to kill us and each other at the same time. Yes. Yeah. Like, Do they ever kill the monster you're hunting for you? I've never seen it's... one score a kill, but they no. will damage it heavily. They do an awful lot of damage sometimes. Like, I think normally they won't do a huge amount, because I, I honestly don't know how it works with the damage scaling, because obviously you don't get to see the damage numbers unless it's the end of what they call a turf war. Yeah. Turf wars are basically, like, these, like kind of animation sets that go on between when two monsters that specifically have one challenge each other and they have a, a cool specific kind of we battle they go through. Usually this involves one of the monsters getting tossed around like a rag doll, but it does normally. Like it can be it can be pretty cool. Like if you if you run into uh two Diablos, like they they're both these they're these big horned wyvern things. And they'll right. have like a, a proper like like rutting stag kind of thing and one of them will get launched away to the side for like 2000 damage or something nuts <laughs> yeah yeah but there's, there's having... more to the hunting system now isn't there it's not because i mean in i remember in the psp game you just kind of you loaded up into an area and then just wandered around until you found yeah, the monster you have the things called the scout flies which i think are both kind of like a necessary concession but also like a really nice way of doing it. Basically, yeah, as you wander around, you find kind of scrapes and footprints, and then you scan, you walk into them, inspect them, and then, and then gradually, as you see more and more, the scout flies kind of just they lock on in inverted commas onto where the monster is, and then sort of guide you to it. Mm-hmm. Um, which is really like I, I get that the, like that's a much easier way of doing it than having to previously you had to use. I think it was it was it a paintball paintball or yeah you had to... to know where it was. Yeah, you, you didn't know where it was until you eventually found it, and then yeah. you'd tag it with be, paintballs to make yeah. sure that if it ran away, you'd be able to follow it. Which could be really tedious, but I quite like the, the, the scout flies because they kind of... There is a mini-map, but I very rarely ever look at the mini-map because it, it, cause I quite find that like, in games like, like The Witch 3 is a good example of this, where I spend so much time looking at the mini-map that I don't I don't look at the actual world that often, so I have to physically turn off the minimap sometimes. Yeah. Make myself not just stare at the minimap. Whereas in this, because the scout flies go out in front of you and they're not overly obtrusive either, so you still just kind of get to appreciate the environment and then sort of follow them along where you're going, which I think is really nice. It's so good. Like, I mean, the levels are really well uh, designed as well. So, like, you'll end up, like, the monster you're chasing will fly away and then you'll end up, like, pelting full pace through the forest like swinging on vines and stuff and it's yeah 
It's All really the good. Swinging. The vine swinging is potentially the jankiest part of the game. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not. You it's can, a bit. You, your characters can swing from vines. They, they can. can, but they do this thing where you don't always have to land on it like exactly. Sometimes you, you'll kind of be about like a foot to the side, and your character and will sort of slide slide <laughs> through the air and land on it, and then swing off again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I really agree about the tracking mechanic though. It adds like like people. Some people I think will grouse about it, like really people are really hardcore in the series because it's just easier. But like it just it adds a lot to that preliminary stage because before number one the environments were pretty basic. Really, I mean they could be interesting, visually interesting, but still you'd basically just end up wandering through the maps just try to find the monster until yeah, you yeah, did. Generally, generally they had like an A entrance and then like a B entrance and that was the that was yeah. kind of it but now and, there's so much more and depth and sometimes i found that i would i have like rage quit quests before because i've spent like 20 minutes exploring every single segment of the map and haven't found the monster yeah. i've just been like now nah, i'll just try again later but this yeah. hasn't happened in this new one obviously because you can track it and it, and it feels like something it, it's believable i think it is yeah no, it's it something to the narrative of the world it makes it's something sense. you do like you would try and find traces you'd follow the traces and yeah. what, what i really like about it is that these aren't just like like pre-generated things. Like they're things that the monster actually does. So yeah. the if you're following footprints, it'll be footprints it's actually left. If you find like some of them you'll find like toxic mucus on the wall and you'll actually see the monster go up to the wall if you're following it and like you know lick it and leave mucus everywhere. Yeah. Like That's and they'll cool. They all tie into how the monster like lives as well. So there's there's a monster that only eats ants, and you'll find tracks of that near ant nests. Yeah. And there's this one complete dickhead monster that uh, basically uh, hits you with bombing runs using its scales. And so sometimes you'll find misfired scales. And if you follow it around, and on the rare occasion it's not following you around trying to kill you, um, <laughs> so it shoots its own scales at you it does, it shoots it its does. own scales but what you'll see is sometimes it'll have these scales that are basically like duds like stuck to it and it'll land and like rub itself off rough parts of the terrain to get the scales off and that's part of the track it's just, it's really cool it's just, it's an incredible level of what the Monster Hunter games have never really included before in terms of their behaviours because they usually just wander around and maybe kind of harass the local wildlife before yeah yeah, no, it's a really nice addition. That is, that's pretty cool because I guess like the monsters were, you know, they're, they're they are the game as it was. <coughs> it was just about learning their ticks and learning their moves and learning what it looks like when they're damaged and stuff. Yeah, but it's, it's awesome that that sounds like it's been expanded so much. It is. Yeah, it's no, it really impressive. So where it where are you guys good. in your respective campaigns? What are you guys up to? Um. I, I have. You're a bit further than me, Gav. So. I think I'm a wee bit, a, a couple hunter ranks, I think. Yeah. But basically, because this is the thing that Monster Hunter tends to do is it gives you kind of a, a false end, and then kind of invites <laughs> you to play further. Yeah, I think it's particularly bad in this one in the way that they do it. Though. Yeah, because <laughs> it, it's it's almost like a bit of a. It looks like a sequel hook until you realise that the game just keeps going. Yeah, and because like basically. Like the game ends and you see this this mysterious guy standing looking out to sea and he, he gives a smirk, but then he actually shows up in a cutscene after you do another quest and like it just keeps going and there's this whole thing about actually finishing it and finding the last boss and stuff. This is Monster Hunter, not Metal Gear Solid Five. Yes, it is. Yeah. It, it's <laughs> it's quite peculiar, but I mean, obviously, it's kind of it's strange because the whole story 
up to that point it's kind of a it's almost like an introduction to the game and at that point you're kind of let free almost more with the mechanical side of the game like yeah, absolutely. building up gear because basically you go from the low rank quests to the high rank ones mm. and so they start introducing like a uh, monster subspecies and like Just new stuff that you've not actually seen yeah high rank. monsters you won't encounter until high rank yeah so it's like because i think it can kind of give the impression that high rank is like a rather than a continuation of the game is just like a you know a, a like a challenge mode but it's not it's actually yeah. just a, it's, it's like that, absolutely it's the, it's the other half of the game like the first low rank is basically teaching you the basics and like getting used to the systems and high rank is kind of i think that's where the bulk of the game actually takes place yeah <laughs> it's really yeah it, it, it'll give a great job of telegraphing that that's the case to people who maybe haven't played a monster hunter game before kind of go there is more to this game than like the cutscenes you've seen up to this point yeah. not the end <laughs> um but and i mean because i think especially with the subspecies it can almost give the impression that it's a bit of a cop-out but yeah i think the subspecies actually add a lot because i i just i think the last monster i killed uh was an azure rathalos and like mm. basically subspecies are like the normal monster but a bit beefed up and way more aggressive like yeah. like normal monsters will attack and kind of give you an opening but these ones will just like almost do like sometimes I swear there's been times where I feel like the monster AI is it's pretty good and it's so good that sometimes I've been like Jesus Christ this is like a, I'm against a player with a monster's move set uh, especially Nergigante who fucked me up because <laughs> like I don't know it's really weird because they'll, they'll they'll like hit you with multiple combos and sometimes that can be really frustrating especially. Because, again, I feel like sometimes to new players, the game isn't very good at explaining the way some of its mechanics work. So, like, if you didn't know, for instance, that you can, like, waggle your sticks and spam the buttons to get out of a stun earlier, like... Yeah, I can, it doesn't tell you about that, does it? It might somewhere it, in a tutorial it tells you on the, very uh, small text. Yeah, I think it comes up on one of the loading menus or something, potentially. And it's like, Monster Hunter veterans will know that, but new players won't. And so, yeah. like, they'll get, like, basically one-hit comboed because they'll get stunned and feel like they're just standing there like a moron while uh, an Anjanath decides to shoot it with a fire breath. Oh, Anjanath. He messed me up, but, like, now I can now I can take him any day of the week. Yeah. <laughs> I could destroy two Anjanaths, come at me. Oh. <laughs> That's one of the most satisfying things about the game, I think, is just, like, realising how much better at it you get. Yeah. yeah. I guess it, like, I with what I remember it was such you like progression is is tiny and it's like it's really really like incremental like you spend ages working on a new armor set you get the new armor set and it's there's very little noticeable difference from your previous armor set yeah but it's when you you go back a long way and you start trying to fight monsters you remember being really hard from sort of you know like 10 hours previous and suddenly you just destroy them and that's when you start to sort of notice your fact that you've like come a long way yeah yeah. you start to know their tells of like when they're about to charge up or when they're about to like jump into the air or breathe fire on you you know the moment where they're gonna do it or so you know where to jump to to avoid it and things which it is it's it's one of the most satisfying games to play that i've, I've ever played yeah i feel like i mean i understand this will be there's people 
in the universe who will hunt me down. But there, there is there is a, a whiff of the Dark Souls about the way it works, the way it kind yeah, of it, mostly the fair. way it mixes uh, mechanics, like like the game mechanics, like it, it's almost like a very mechanical focused version of what that game's boss fights are, if that makes sense. Because yeah. like where where that game's like mostly, it's. I suppose it must be something to do maybe with almost a like a, a kind of almost peculiarly Japanese style of game development mm. like with regards to the way players will play it because while it is obviously in, in both games it's interesting to see the way that some players are just really good at the game like mechanically like there's people who can beat the hardest things in Monster Hunter naked and <laughs> same with Dark Souls but mm. like there's also a kind of legitimacy to also like min-maxing and working out statistically how to best beat things. Mm. And I don't think I'm expressing myself very well. And the uh, the whole people only people think everything's like Dark Souls Brigade may come down on my head. But <laughs> I think it's like Dark Souls because it's one of the, it, it more sort of broadly in that sort of subgenre of things that are sort of they require you to learn the game in order to be good at the game. Whereas you can't coast through Dark Souls, you can't coast through Monster Hunter. Yeah. You have to actually learn the systems, know what's happening. Like it, it has that same thing where you can't pause during it. So yeah. like, <laughs> someone comes in and asks you to do something, you're like, "I'm in the middle of trying to fight Kirin right now." Like, <laughs> I can't how, how talk. Long, how long do the, uh, the hunts last usually? Um, yeah, depends. Not. Yeah, I think most last somewhere in the region about fifteen to twenty-five minutes. I'd say, mm. like sort of like new depending ones or hard ones. I'd say it like that can be on the long end. Like there are some monsters in particular which are will take you longer, but then it all depends on how well you exploit their weaknesses and stuff. But yeah, typically fighting a monster you've only just started hunting once at roughly the right gear level will probably take you about 20, 30 minutes, like in that range. Mm-hmm. And they go through like the proper stages and stuff, and they're they're a lot easier to tell when they're they're weakened as well in this one mm-hmm. because of the, the whole previous... research mechanic. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of you can you get a better idea of because in Monster you have the two choices of you you kill the thing or you catch the thing. You get more stuff if you catch it. So in this one, it's so much easier to tell when they're looking a bit sad. Yeah, because they they properly do the limping animations are very noticeable and also yeah. Basically, because your scout flies kind of attune themselves, basically, as you get a higher research level on the monster, um, it'll come up with a wee thing. When it's low enough health to be captured, it'll come up with a wee skull next to its icon, like it's trying to retreat because it's it's near death. Yeah. And so that gives you a lot clearer indication that you can that you can capture it. It does, yeah. No, it's a lot, yeah, a lot nicer that way. Although, uh, as I have found in the way that a couple of uh, obviously quite new players have comically died, um, a public service announcement, you cannot capture Elder Dragons. <laughs> the game explains this to you, it does. but this has not stopped people that I have joined trying to lay down. <laughs> the traps just don't work. Exactly, they just, they just do not give a shit. This is not, like, I don't, wanna, don't really want to spoil too much, but again, fucking Nergigante. He has this thing, he goes back to his lair. All the Elder Dragons are like this. If you let them get back to their lair and rest when they wake up they go ape shit <laughs> yeah. and people sometimes try and 
trap him like you would a normal monster that's injured. Mm. And instead they get one shot by his dive bomb move. And it's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So if you gonna if you guys want to gonna describe Monster Hunter World in three sounds, what would those be? Hmm. That's probably the the, the noise that your the hunter <laughs> makes quite often. <laughs> like because you use like the, the the sort of like voice lines that they have, and that's that's yeah, that's that's probably an accurate representation of my my hunter. To be honest. <laughs> I feel like yeah. we're in those sections of uh, of the day to day where it's like, and if you could describe it with a sound, the <laughs> <laughs> oh, I will actually. What we should talk about actually is some of the, like the non hunting bits you do. So yeah, it's all the usual stuff of like, like um, having a farm and being able to swap weapons for upgrade weapons and stuff like that. But you also have, I don't know if this was, is this, I don't can't remember this being a thing previously, but. You can kind you can capture sort of indigenous life and then put it in your house. Yeah, now. I don't think that was a thing before. But yeah, yeah, I don't think it was. So part of your weapon things that you start off with already is like a it's a grappling hook that also lets you shoot uh, random things you find the full like stones and berries and stuff. But it also comes with a, a net, <laughs> which lets you just sort of go around and just net like birds and <laughs> bugs and stuff that are running around and. It's just such a really nice addition of just like I'm just wandering around and like I see something that like a floating jellyfish and I'm like yeah I, <laughs> I want catch that, that. <laughs> I can go live in my room <laughs> yeah it's just really nice the the whole game is kind of around this home base in Astera and you get your own wee room in it mm. and as you progress to the story you get bigger and fancier rooms yeah which mostly translates to being able to keep more pets in it yeah. The last room is incredible. It's insane. You get you get uh, cats on harps and just this massive space to put in all the best pets. Yeah. yeah so you get like a, a, a pond, like fish tank, and then you've got like a carpet that things can run along. And, oh, I mean, who doesn't want to have lizards running along the carpet, a dung beetle in the corner by the fireplace. <laughs> Geckos on the roof. Some stonefish in the garden. <laughs> and you can feed the fish and everything. It's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can. But yeah, I feel like this is another bit that might confuse new players because I feel like the game, though it's, it's I think, an, a bit of an easier experience than jumping into one of the old ones, which I think expected a lot of, a lot of patience from you. Like, it explains itself better, but mm. a lot of the stuff you do at the home base is... Like confusing. I asked a friend who was playing like a couple hours, like, so have you tried any bounties yet? And he was like, No. Like, what's a bounty? And I was like, Oh right, so you have to go here and do this. Yeah. And you should probably yeah. have something on the go in the botanical research place. Mm. And keep an eye out for all the side quests and make sure to eat a meal. Yeah. In fairness, actually, I played the game for about sort of maybe thirty hours without realizing that the cat behind the the canteen actually had quests for me. <laughs> I kept thinking the question the exclamation yeah, mark had that's- because he had oven stuff finished for me. I thought that was the reason. Because I never noticed it after I'd eaten. Yeah, and then you <laughs> and go around like, oh, and he gives you all these it. requests. He does, yeah. So I was, I, I powered through some of those. So we've got most of them are canteen. Most of them are pretty basic, those ones, I think. And I've not completed it yet. I've been meaning to go back and get them. Because actually upgrading your canteen is really useful. Yeah, but you, every time before you go on a hunt, you eat at your canteen and it gives you loads of stat buffs, pretty much. Yeah, like you want increase your health, more defense. That and sort I feel of I feel like one of the things that people always miss out is 
they're a bit random, which is probably why people don't pay that much attention to them. But like the the food skills are important, like which which food skills you pick because you get some that make sharpening quicker. You get some that have a, a chance to reduce damage. You get yeah, some really useful ones, like the you know they do a variety of things. There's one called uh, there's two that are really useful if you want to uh, play with randoms. Um, well, one is for yourself, which is feline moxie, which means that you can survive an insta kill basically, like yeah. one time. And the other one is feline insurance, which means that someone can die once extra without failing the quest. Well, cart as they call it, because you get picked up by a cart with cats on it. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, so the world, the world is base. inhabited by sort of human or well, not really humanoid cats, but cats that walk upright. Yes. Sentient cats. They're they're kind of a bit like meowths, but more like real cats. Yeah, kind of. I mean, they they kind of vary. Some are very cat like, then you have some that are more humanoid, like the the ripped meowskiller chef. <laughs> <laughs> he is the best. <laughs> and like yeah, he's he good because they like they work a garden for you. You can send them off to gather stuff. Oh yeah, they don't yeah, actually can. garden in this one. That's done by a massive tree. Oh yeah, the tree just does it. Basically, before yeah, like the PSP ones. Uh, well, basically, I think it's the PSP ones because in in for you anyway, you basically rather than having a garden, you had this guy you just spoke to who apparently traded your items in order to multiply them. I don't know how he did it, but not my business. But yeah, in this one, you like speak to the botanical research team who will cultivate things for you. Yeah. And you get magic. more slots in it, and the tree actually grows in size. It does. It does. Which is not a really much. nice touch. Like, it doesn't need to do have... There's so many things in Monster Hunter World that, yes. like, you, they don't need to be there, but they just add to make the game that there, much nicer. I, I, I remember when we were playing, like, one thing we noticed was, you know, you'd capture a monster, and it would appear in the area that's, like, has your most recently captured monster in it. But not just yeah. that, but any damage you inflicted on it when you fought it would still be there. Like, if you broke off a horn cut off a tail yeah like broke its legs yeah you'd be able to see all the damage you'd done which is such a nice touch it's probably in the corner like you don't need you don't notice it yeah without going to actively look at it there's one like side quest that's down there to capture things Mm. which i guess would lead you down there but you don't really go down there unless you notice it to begin with yeah (laughs) yeah do you have any more things you'd like to know george uh, what interests you? I don't know. I think that's like as we, I think as we established a couple of episodes ago, I was kicked out of Hardcourt as I'm not the most hardcore. <laughs> so I th- <laughs> and I think that's probably why I bounced off the PSP one. I like yeah, only really played are... it a lot was because I had friends that what like wanted that played a lot. Like they gave yeah. me a like a 200 hour save just because i couldn't I, I tried to do the the like the start of game grind and just mm. couldn't do it in fairness um, like I, th- I think the psp ones are especially rough because like one thing with the 3ds ones is they really obviously they still have some control issues but they really fix the the, the introduction to difficulty because if i remember in the pd in the ah, at least in freedom 2 and unite basically you do a couple ordinary kind of intro quests, gather some herbs, kill some basically docile herbivorous animals, and then, you know, maybe kill a couple of the stupid raptor things. And then it was like, alright, take on this Tigrex. 
and yeah. <laughs> it would body you. <laughs> yeah, over and over and over. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. And also, like the, the old ones had mandatory quests that had you carrying eggs, oh, which is God. just ridiculous. I, I hated those. Like the thing, like especially. Okay, so now they're a bit more bearable because you can do them in multiplayer in the new game, yeah. which means you can have one person cover your back, keep the monsters off you while you cut car- carry the eggs. Plus, Obviously, you've got so many more camps as well. So you, yeah. part after you're not far from where you need to pick one up. So it's not like. The old is like it was like zone twelve, which is like right at the top. You get from the right at the top to right at the bottom four times or something sometimes. Yeah, and you so. need to steal this. I remember like a couple of times I just timed out of them because yeah. they took so long. <laughs> it took so long because you'd be almost there, and then uh, they'd be un- the monsters would be understandably unhappy with you stealing their unborn children, and <laughs> would like like you'd be, almost be there carrying this big stupid egg, and they'd just like 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 skiff your shoulder a bit. And yeah. your fucking Butterfingers idiot character would just launch it three foot into the air and break it. <laughs> and it's like, I guess that's me done. All the way yeah. back to base. <laughs> they were awful. Because they were mandatory as part of like progressing forward, you'd just you'd, you'd beat up all the monsters, you'd do everything like that, and you'd just have, I've got to do the egg things in order to unlock more missions. <laughs> <laughs> so not the eggs. Yeah, yeah no, no, that's the thing. It's, it's, I... It sounds like what I was was hoping for because basically the, it was the it was a combination of the sort of unfriendly usability and steep learning curve that caused me to bounce off the first one. But it sounds like they have made it a lot more usable and just a more sort of like a more exciting game. Like I just love the monsters are so cool and just learn yeah. what they do and the just the whole ecology of the world sounds great. The fact that there's the monsters now interact with each other and it sounds like a far more living and breathing kind of world yeah it's i think it's a lot less solely mechanically focused but it still i think manages to retain all the really good like bits it's got a learning curve but you know the curve allows you to you know do a nice wide turn into the exciting end bits rather than either doing a tokyo drift or crashing like it's it's just it's because like one thing with all the new weapons is they've added a lot of new moves, but a lot of them are like really difficult to pull off. Like I always remember being really impressed that there were people on like the 3DS versions who could do like like crazy stuff. Like the weapon I like to use was the uh, the charge blade, as I said, and it's got really weird things with like very specific uh, frames of the animations that it does, counting as uh, like guards. And so people who were really, really good at the game and knew the timing of all the monster attacks could basically just keep attacking and as long as they timed like their transition between axe and sword correctly, they'd get like a big bonus damage guard on the monster because it would hit them during the shield anim- phrase of the animation. It was that's still the case. Like there's there's lots of stuff like that yeah. in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Just... It, it, and a lot of it a lot of it is in that obscure monster hunter way where like the game gives you useful combos. But the useful combos are by no means all the moves for the weapon. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it still get you started. <laughs> One thing I do like with that, obviously, sorry. Can then I, I go. You off. But um, the, it, obviously you go into the training mode and it's pretty comprehensive now because it does give you all the combos and it shows you your inputs. But now as well, even yeah, if yeah. you're just attacking with the weapon, it'll show you what you can do next Oh yeah, in yeah, the top, the top right-hand right. corner, Yeah, which is really, really handy. handy. Because, like, sometimes I've thought, like, that's the end of the combo, and I've seen it up in the top, like, oh, I can do something else from here? 
Mm. And I've been able to add like a new like phase to the way I attack. Yeah, which is really good. Really good for just teaching you moves as you play as well, rather than having yeah. to like, like drill them out in training. Again, there are, good. because it's Monster Hunter, there's some things it doesn't teach you very well. Like, I think some people that a lot of new players don't know is how to do the, the famous Superman dive away from dangerous threats. Yeah. Like, if you're running, not if you're running, like, diagonally towards it, or, I think you basically need to be either running perpendicular or, like, in 180 degrees away from the monster, basically, Pretty to perform it. But you can do, like, a big dive that basically has big. invincibility frames the whole way. Yeah, big belly flop dive. And that really helps in avoiding, like, massive attacks that come from some of the enemies. Yeah, it's definitely the most accessible monster of the game ever, by a long stretch. And I thought yeah. that the 3DS ones, like, four ultimate generations, were pretty good at that as well. So Yeah, I was really impressed by those. I was like, wow, this is... Like, because the curve's a lot smoother in those games, but there's still yeah, a lot of obscure things that doesn't explain very well. Yeah, it's like, these are actually playable. I can actually play these for, like, 100 hours and have a good time. Yeah, without having to... be frustrated for the majority of it. Yeah. Which... I don't think I could say about the PSP ones, but with this one, it's like I don't. Nothing has frustrated me at all. Like it's just been a smooth experience. I've had a couple of times where I've got slightly upset, but it was mostly my own fault. Mm. Like I've basically done something stupid, and it's annoyed me. Yeah. Like, well, and there's there's this one elder dragon who isn't difficult to fight, but mm. he's just tedious. And he annoys me. I, I won't. I don't know if you've experienced them yet, but I think. Well, they were in the older games, so I won't. It's not like a spoiler. Uh, no. But uh, the Kashala Doura is back in the game. This mm. wind dragon, and it just flies away from you all the time. And <laughs> See, I kept finding that with Kieran. Kieran would just, he would just, just use thunderbolts, just use thunderbolts, and like make it a ball like to attack, and then just oh, yeah, bugger the, off up the lightning the top horse. of the up to the top of Coral Highlands and then back down to the bottom <laughs> of Coral Highlands. It's just, it's, oh, that was frustrating, but Learning kind of made sense. Coral Highlands can be really annoying, especially when you're hunting like the Legiana. Like it can go all the way to the top and then come back yeah. down again. Yeah. But <laughs> learning to properly use the wedge beetles was revolutionary for me there, like zipping up to them rather than taking the arduous climbs. Yeah. Or if you've got the, because in this one you've got. Like the glider, the glide, like different cloaks that do different things. So there's like a big, big gust of air that you can go up right to the top. So yeah, that, that, those are completely new in this. Like, there's, I, I have no idea how many there are. I keep on there's a few. Ones. The basic one is the ghillie mantle. If you want to feel like Metal Gear, that's your one. <laughs> oh yeah, there you go. Every, yeah. <laughs> every time, every time I put it on, I, I feel like I just hear because just like there's a big question mark over the monster on the mini map and you like hide in bushes and stuff yeah you do yeah there's loads of them it's really makes it yep. just like an extra like consideration before going in to fight a monster it's like what what mantle should i wear yeah. for this one like but i imagine if you were fighting the the kieran you'd probably take the the thunderproof one right i don't, I don't, have, don't have that, that one. one that one's <laughs> that one's pretty good against it uh, yeah i imagine so i don't have that one Right, should we, should we wrap up? We oh, should do. How long have we chat? Well, we could been... keep going, but yeah, we should probably. Well, I was, I was, I was thinking we could. Don't want to witcher three in, into. Into so... Nevi, you you could talk about your plan for a monster hunter short little series. 
Yeah, because we've got so much to talk about about Mob Center that Infinite cannot be contained talk. within this one podcast. We're probably going to run sort of a maybe 30 minute long series of currently indefinite length because I haven't decided how long it should be, uh, which we'll try and do semi-regularly, I reckon. Try and do like an episode a week maybe for it while I'm still on the Monster Hunter world high yeah. buzz. So if you're interested in Monster Hunter but would like me and Gav to go into a lot more detail about weapons and monsters and other stuff and probably be wrong about some things. Probably be wrong. I mean, like, I've played a good amount of Monster Hunter in my life. I imagine you have as well, but we're not... There are some proper obsessives in this game community and they know everything that is to be known. Uh, Well, I guess guess if you guys are wrong, if you're listening, please do let them know that they're wrong and we we can all learn together. (laughs) Please. We're not not a... adverse to being told that we're wrong do do tell do tell uh but yeah no that should be cool we'll, we'll look try and do that at some point soon and yeah uh yeah that'll probably just appear in this podcast feed because um paying for another podcast feed <laughs> is something i don't want to do not made of money <laughs> yeah yeah so there you go look forward to that uh let's move on then away from Oz hunter quickly before we get stuck on it again yeah i was i had a, a little, little board game I want to bring up because I have been playing uh, a board game called Dead Last which is uh, I think it describes itself as a social collusion game that's so kind of really quite easy to teach sort of party game for like I think it plays 4 to 12 and here I was hoping it would be about Gavin and the bits and pieces quiz <laughs> Dead Last <laughs> <laughs> No, you won one one time. I did. I did. Stop being in denial. I can't Stop be negative. Stop being in denial. Never, so never what, said last. So I've never won one. What's the What's the deal with it? So, the way it works is the the theme is you are all members of uh, a tontine. So, essentially, a pot of money that everyone contributes to. Uh, that is only won by one of the contributors. Once every other person in the tontine is dead. Uh, in in real life, these are highly illegal, as <laughs> inevitably as people start to die, um, there might be the incentive to kill off the other people in the tontine, so you can secure yourself that big pot of money at the end. I think there's a Simpsons episode where it's discovered that Grandpa Simpson and his unit in the army, the Flying Hellfish, have a tontine for a whole load of, like, illegal Nazi treasure. Uh... And so I think Mr. Burns starts trying to kill Grandpa. <laughs> but, yeah, so in the game, you are all members of a tontine, and you're trying to be the last remaining player each round, essentially. So every, every round is almost, is essentially a new tontine in which you're trying to be the last remaining alive player. Hmm. How do uh, you make yourself the last alive player? So you, get, you choose a colour. You get a little standee with a nice little art person on it of that of that color so you uh and then you get a deck of cards which has every every color for each player in the game so mm-hmm. you basically so you have the hand of you have your hand like your little wad of cards and you use these to vote and so i go right i'd quite like to kill the emerald player so i'd select the emerald card secretly from my deck of cards and place it face down in front of me yeah. And then basically once everyone's selected the player they would like to kill, everyone reveals their vote, and the player with the most votes is killed. 
Yeah. And, however, everyone who was not in that majority is also killed. So if you voted for someone else who... Basically, if you're not in with the majority voting for the person that is killed, you're also killed. You you're, I think it's described, it's described as being killed in the crossfire. So like this you're is, just yeah. you're just randomly firing, and there are some other people randomly firing. That's and grim. You die, and so basically you're trying to you're trying to you, you need to know first of all who everyone is voting for, so that you can be in with the majority and not die in the crossfire. But yeah. and then obviously you also need to know, is it you that everyone is trying to kill? Because if you suspect that everyone is voting for you, you can rather than playing a card with the player's colour on it, you can play a card that says ambush. And um, yeah. if it turns out you are the player that everyone has voted for, rather than you being killed, you get to select one of the people that voted for you to kill instead. To die. Uh it's a bit like they burst into you burst in on you while you're in the toilet, but you're waiting for them with a shotgun. Uh <laughs> If you ambush and you weren't the person that was voted to die, then you trip over on the toilet and shoot yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, basically, it keep it keep you sort of you keep playing. Basically, you keep having rounds of votes until either one or two people remain. Uh, and in the event that two people are left alive, you play what is called the final showdown. And this is basically Golden Balls, if you've ever if you've ever seen that TV show. Uh, or more academically referred to, I think it's The Prisoner's Dilemma. So basically yeah, you okay. are offered the option to split the the gold on the table. Uh, and if you both play a split card, or sorry, if you both play a share card, you you each get half the like the pot of gold on the table. Uh, if you play a steel card and your opponent plays a share card, you get all the gold. If you both play steel, then you get nothing, and everyone else around the table gets one gold card. Uh, And then finally you have the option to play a card called Grab One and Go, which is you take one gold card and survive, basically. Flee! You know, when Uh, you said uh, Golden Balls a minute ago, I got it confused with, do you remember the television show Balls of Steel? (laughs) <laughs> in which people went and did stupid things in public and I was like and I was like to myself how do you replicate this in a board game then I was like wait no I'm being stupid yeah that but one no, like, dressed up as a devil anyway yeah no that's the thing cause it's a it's just it, like the game is really simple it's just vote for who you would like to die the thing is you're you're allowed to communicate with everyone else in any way you like uh, and I'm really bad at being subtle so basically, you end up just look, staring around the table, trying to trying to like wink at people, or like <laughs> subtly nod your head, or yeah. I often try and I found I've found the, the sneakiest way of, thing I found of doing is I because I'm usually the one setting the game up. I, ha- I tend to have the box next to me, and the box is multicolored with all the different colors in the game. So I'll try and like make eye contact with someone and then just tap a color on the box. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, to to indicate him him to shoot, but the problem is, usually the person that I'm trying to indicate everyone else should kill notices that I'm like really unsubtly winking at people. <laughs> so I've also learnt that if they do ambush you, it's best to try and blame someone else for wrongly misleading you to vote for that person, even if you were the ringleader, 
because invariably the ringleader is the one that gets killed. <laughs> so, so if I do manage to get everyone to vote for the person that I want to, and they ambush, I'll just kind of go, God, why did you make us vote for them? Now look what you've done, in the hope that they don't kill me. It's a really interesting uh, social game, though, because they're, it's really quick to play. So, like, even if you die, like, within the first round, like, you don't have to wait long for it to come back to being being it again. But also, like, just the, the, the various ways you end up trying to communicate with people are just, like, hilarious. Like, it can end up with, like, people just... You know, it's like, I played it before where people start trying to talk in code and stuff and, like, say people's names backwards. And... <laughs> yeah, you're, you're just trying to make subtle reference... Like, you're trying to make subtle references to colours yeah. like that you think the person you're voting for might not get. Yeah, it ends up being this hilarious farce, and then they then they've completely misunderstood you, vote for the wrong person, and then he gets them killed or something. <laughs> yeah, and like yeah, if you, it's brilliant. and it's what? It, yeah, like if you the thing is because like, you always have to be so aware of what's happening around the table. The moment someone like stands up to go to the loo or make tea or just like looks around at something else, like if they like you know they they check like they suddenly check their phone or look look out the window. It's like that. Those few seconds where suddenly everyone just makes eye contact and goes like, like points at them. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So like as, as soon as one person stops paying attention, everyone's just like, "Yeah, kill them." Yeah, it has uh, has brilliant tension. It's really good. Yeah, it's just it's just it's, just, it's so fun because it, it's just unlike anything else. Cause so many other social deduction games are they're quite loud in the sense that you're there's a lot of talking and you're trying to convince people. Or lied to people, you know, like verbally, mm. and it's this is, it's just you're suddenly just trying to communicate in a whole other way and just be really creative with it, mm. like whether that's like nudging people under the table or, or winking or like tapping the color of your shirt, make hand signs. Yeah, it's just it's just it's, just, it's great fun just how creative people get, mm. no, or just or just the confused looks that you give people or people give you when you're like raising your eyebrows and like twitching your face it's like what are you <laughs> trying to say that's good it's good i've um yeah i haven't played it in a while but it's 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 definitely one of those ones because it goes up to 12 people so it's like it you're very rarely going to have like a group of people and not be able to play everyone be able to play at some point because like 12 people is a lot mm. rather a lot yeah. And it's because it works so well at 12 as well. Like, I think, does resistance go up to about that sort of I think of resistance number? goes up to 10. 10, but it's it's rubbish at that level because it's too many people. It's just yeah, it's it's amazing how... Because, like, like, if you're like a, 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 around, like, a big table, you suddenly get factions. Like, because you're, you're, you're free to communicate any way you like, hmm. you suddenly end up with, like, one side of the table versus the other. Because if I'm yeah. sitting on the same side of the table as someone... I can just ver I can like show my card to everyone on the same side of the table as me, without revealing it to the people on the opposite side. Yeah. So I can just show who I'm voting for, and so like you end up with these weird like factions of like people that are sitting together. Yeah, but at the same time, you're always waiting for them then those factions just to turn in on each other because they yeah. inevitably will. So, yeah, it's really good. Uh. Yeah, that's that's, uh, that's probably the most exciting thing I've been playing recently. 
Uh, still, yeah. still having a, got a decent winning streak going on uh, on Flamme Rouge. <laughs> played with uh, played with uphill, downhill, and cobblestones for the first time. Uh, and they do, make, and they make Flamme Rouge, which is a a, a cycle racing game, uh, which is pretty simple. They just make it that much more tactical and exciting. You got to be because cool. you, you're sort of you're aware of where you need to position your cyclist to draft, but you've also got to consider where you sort of want them to be on the track as well. Like, do I need to stop just before an uphill to try and cycle over it? Or do I want to stop on a downhill so I can get a get a boost coming off it? Mm. Mm. Just makes it that much more interesting. No, that's cool. Um, yeah. So I think it's finally quiz it time. Quiz, is it quiz time? It's quiz cool. time. Hello. Is it dinner time? No. It's quiz time. It is, and I've written the quiz again because I figure if I keep hosting the quiz now, I can never lose my winning streak. Ah, uh, cheeky! We turn him. We need, to, we need to turn him. Make sure we turn the quiz back on the quiz master somehow. <laughs> the uh, this an- the answer this time is that the quiz master has got the answer wrong. <laughs> yeah, furious. All right. All right. Last so, time I saw him, he was wrong. He if, did if we f- points off me. <laughs> if we fact check one of your questions and it turns out they're not right. You lose the quiz. <laughs> I lose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so this is a quiz that was inspired by a game I was reading about recently. So this is a, a game that's coming soon called right. Ooblets. And it is this really adorable looking game uh, by some indie developers that seems to be a cross between sort of Stardew Valley and Pokemon. Cool. Mm-hmm. So you're you're building your little farm and but you're also managing like a little menagerie of little, little pocket monsters to to go off and do pocket monster fights or ooblet fights as I think they're called. Oh, I'm up for uh, that. Yeah, so I think this is this was uh covered in I think it was uh, it was in PC Gamer. They had a little but they had a little a little picture of all of the ooblets that you that can be uh, found in the game currently, because what's interesting is I think you actually grow them as like one of the things that you farm, right, right, and so like you you like you grow these little little creatures. Yeah. Uh, but so it's a super cute looking game, and all the ooblets have great names. Cool, nice. So, uh, well, we're trying to guess the fake name, are we? Oh yeah, you, oh, you 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 know you know it. Nailed it in one. <laughs> what are you so, naming? Some some examples. Uh, I'll give okay. you some examples before before we start. Okay. Uh, you've got Frip, Clicky Claws, Bristle Bud, <laughs> Doozy Doug, <laughs> uh, Petula, Gully Splot, and yeah, they are just these very cute little creatures nice do you have a name for the quiz uh no no i've I've, I've, (laughs) I've titled i've titled the document the ooblets quiz fair enough sorry i mean to put you on the spot (laughs) nope i did not name this quiz (laughs) that's fine ooblets or uh if you want i'll i'll uh i'll put the photo in the in the show notes of do it my uh my sources so you can enjoy the amusing pictures and just cute cute names yeah do it we'll put it in the uh 
So the page thing. I'm gonna name three supposed ooblets. You just need to tell me one. Tell me the one that is a real ooblet. Okay. So as neither of you have played this game, it's just gonna be a case of you guys guessing nonsense words from a load of nonsense words. Uh it is not out yet. Okay. I'd be worried if I had played it. (laughs) No, so it is coming out soon. So question one. Which of these is the real ooblet? Plob, swish swash, <laughs> or plibbles? Swish swash. Sounds yeah, I'd like go for swish swash as well. You're wrong. It's plob. Oh, no. Plob. <laughs> I discounted plob. <laughs> it, he plob kind of looks like a grey turnip without the leaves <laughs> and some like stubby little little pink legs. I didn't even know turnips had leaves, so that's... Well, like, the stalky bit that, like, pops out of the ground on a oh, turnip. Must do. So yeah, it's well, like I've a, never it's seen like a, a pre-harvested turnip. I've only so ever you know, seen the, a like, the teardrop <laughs> shape <laughs> that a, a turnip has, the, the, yeah. the point is, like, the top of the plob, and it has a okay. little, little, little face. And then coming out of the point, there's a little, like, almost like a sort of Teletubbies antenna. It has, has one of those <laughs> coming, coming out of the thing. Fair enough. <laughs> so zero points for both of you. Rubbish. Question two. Uh Dittle, Wiggle Whip, or Zibzab? Wiggle Whip. I'm voting Zibzab. Nevy's got a point. Yes. <laughs> so Wibble Whip is the real one and he's kind of like a tree thing. He's like a brown cylinder with some stumpy legs and a kind of green leafy top okay uh okay squirtle Zibzab should be real okay <laughs> squirtle big boy or rad lad <laughs> i've no idea i'm gonna uh, guess squirtle because I'm gonna i cannot believe s- that rad lad and big boy are things as much as i think that rad lad and big boy would be good i think that squirtle is like a double bluff in that it sounds like it shouldn't be real because it sounds like squirtle which means it must be real uh, i've done you it's not real Fuck. <laughs> i was just very unimaginative <laughs> <laughs> it is in fact rad lad rad lad, uh, rad lad he, sounds, is, he sounds good i like him uh he is a little ooblet with two very tiny legs and the body and stalk of a radish. Ah, so imagine a, imagine a radish now. with the little leafy bit on top with a face and some Got very it. tiny legs. Nice. Does he operate the Facebook page Rad Bible <laughs> and steal videos from everyone else? <laughs> okay. So I think it's still Nevy on one point. You both got suckered by Squirtle. Squirtle. Okay, so Panzer Bear, Flippy Duck, or Mad Hopper? Panzer Bear. <laughs> yeah, I'm going for Panzer Bear. Uh, I'll go for Flippy Duck. <laughs> Nevy's got a second point. No! Panzer <laughs> Bear is a kind of cartoon-looking bear that just wears track pants uh. and has, has a little... <laughs> Athletic headband. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Gav, you've already got four more questions I, to redeem yes, yourself. I, I'm not in a good position here. Ditsy, Drumpf, or Durble? Hmm. 
Durble. Durble. I'm going to go for Drumpf. Is that the second one, Drumpf? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. <laughs> I'm Durable. Team Durable. The comeback is real. Gav's got a point. Yes! No. Yes! Durble is, is like a, is a little sort of upside-down flower head. So you've got like a sort of petal dress durable, and some legs durable, coming out from where the, the inside <laughs> of the flower would be. Okay. Lump stump, flumpfer, or gooblet? Come again? Lump stump, flumpfer, or gooblet? I'm going to go for flumpfer. There's no way there's a, a new book called gooblet. <laughs> I'm going to go with lump stump. Ooh, Nevi's got a point. No. Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> Lumps up is kind of like a, a wooden raccoon with a leaf dress, is how uh. I would describe it. With the, like, you know the way, you know on acorns, you have the little cup bit where the, the little, like, twig bit that attaches to the tree. He's right, got yeah. the little, like, twig bit on, on, on the top of his head. Got yeah. On the top of their head. Incredible. Uh... Oh, how okay. many more have we got left? How, how, two, two more how questions. Long? Oh, good. Okay, so, so Gav can force a tie. Can. can. <laughs> Brundler, <laughs> gloopy long legs, or snizzle snoz? Gloopy long legs, surely. Snizzle snoz? Was that the last one? I'm going to go it, with that. It was gloopy long legs. Ah. <laughs> I knew him. I knew the gloopy long legs would come through for me. (laughs) It's kind of like a gelatinous something around like a little central bit with a face on it and then two long legs that are wearing shoes. Right. (laughs) Okay. To force the draw. All right. The final showdown. Plebble treble. Rendy scoople. Or chicka ding ding. Chicka ding ding. What was the first one? Plebble treble. I'll get rid of that one, plebble treble. Re- or, yeah, and then Rendy Scoople was the middle one. It is chicka ding ding. Oh, the tie. Ding ding. I didn't didn't write a tiebreaker question. Winner. It's awkward. The tie. <laughs> tie oh, wait, we'll no. just call tire, it a tie. Tire. Chicka ding ding tire. It doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, doesn't let's work. just call it a tie. <laughs> Happy with a tie. Shake hands and walk away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was a it was a strong start from Nevi, but you were uh... oh, I felt like he was cheating. He was he was knowing I, them as it came along. Gav got, in, got into the mind of an ooblet farmer. I got he did. He was like, that'll never be an ooblet. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you see, after you said that you were being uncreative, I didn't know if that was a bluff. And I I honestly half expected Gooblet the Ooblet to be real. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was like, there's no way, but at the same time, maybe there is a way. Well, I sort of started off uncreative and got uncreative, and then I feel like I got more creative, and then I sort of... <laughs> you peaked and dropped. The creativity <laughs> graph. <laughs> right, I think that, that about brings us to the end, I think. Um, I think that about does. After yeah. rambling about Monster Hunter, and there's so many things we could have rambled about. You can, so yeah, it's now up for you guys you can, to go and you can go- tune into go- a monster-related podcast. Some <laughs> you can go- yes. goog some oogs, oops. Nice, nice. <laughs> uh, right. Or check out the show notes for links. Exactly. Indeed. Indeed. If you want right. to knowledge everything in your brain. 
<laughs> yes, if you want the knowledge, everything in your brain. Just like us. Click links. Yeah. That's, that's how you learn do good. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, thank you for listening to the podcast. Um, if you found us out the website attached, you can head on over to bitsandpieces.games and read all our cool things, listen to more podcasts, and all that sort of jam. So do that. You can also follow us on Twitter at Bits Plus Pieces or Facebook and Instagram at Those Bits and Pieces. That's all I have to say this week. Uh, thank you for say this week, this time. <laughs> like we do this every week. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, this, this week. Like all the other weeks that we've definitely that, done a podcast on. Yeah. <laughs> there have only yeah. been 11 weeks. <laughs> yes. In, in the yeah. existence of the planet. Yeah, we should... We have our own time zone here. <laughs> anyway. Hello. Sorry, right. what were you saying? No, I was just going to say, the reason I've been giggling to myself is that George linked the picture with all the ooblets. Oh, did he? Yeah, and I like Snurfler. <laughs> it is very much a, ta- it's a p- post to Facebook tag yourself oh, picture. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> they are good. <laughs> yeah, so def- I'll what, definitely put that in the... Why um, not message the bits and pieces Twitter? Notes with the ooblet that you think you are yes yeah let us know so that's all i have to say um thank you for listening and we'll catch you next time goodbye goodbye ta-ta